When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with the Sif Spoil theme song for this week. Why don't you do it? Why don't you set your monkey free? Come on, Woody Harrelson. Oh, set Andy Circus free. Very nice. Well I miss done. you, George Michael. <laughs> Nicely done, Andrew. Welcome to the post-pod Sift Spoil, where the theme song is different every single week because there should be one thing that is new and remains unspoiled. Oh, yeah. Uh, we will be talking War for the Planet of the Apes. We will be uh, spoiling the monkey out of it. Uh, <laughs> it is it is going to be a great conversation. However, if you haven't seen the movie, I would highly recommend you see it first before listening to this for a couple reasons. Number one, I think you'll enjoy it more uh, if you're not spoiled going into it. And number two, we're going to just jump around to stuff we want to talk about. So we're not going to take the time to explain the whole plot to make sure, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know what's going on. Uh, so we are keeping this primarily for people who have seen the movie. So, um, guys, what do we want to talk about with war for the planet of the apes? Andrew, you want to kick us off with something you want to mention? Yeah. Um, well, we talked earlier about something about, you know, expanding on something, but there is something just real quick. I did want to mention, uh, why would, Koba's former apes side mm-hmm. with the humans when they were the main reason why they were fighting was because of the humans. I think that the last people that they would side with was the humans. And that kind of uh, just irked me a little wrong. Well, what, you know? what, what, I never thought about that. That's actually a really good point. That's yeah. Really good I point. think it just yeah. shows the power of bitterness, right? Like, I think it just shows that their primary, after Caesar took out Koba, their bitterness towards that you know was was caesar is the enemy he's the main enemy now and if we have to team up with these lousy humans to take him out then we'll do it like our bitterness can be pretty powerful i get that Uh. but at the same time do you see what i'm saying though well but it also has real life examples too there are real life war examples of you know where nations go to war and there are people who you know are traitors because they don't buy into you know, what's going on, you know, at the top, or they have, you know, vengeful, you know, revenge factors in those ways. Yeah, America and Russia during World War II. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it's, it is, I do see what you're saying. And I think part of what gives credence to what you're saying is it's really quick. Like it's a really quick turnaround. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's what, two to five years, somewhere in that range? Close, because his son is all grown up. In this movie. Well, I, I know they said Dawn took place at least 10 winters was mentioned after Rise. Yeah. So it's at least 10 years after that. And then this one said something about, uh, was it that they've been hiding for two years or three years or something like that? Something so, along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. I don't know what the life expectancy of an ape is. <laughs> so Yeah. You actually both make really good points <laughs> yeah um, yeah because because I, I could see i could see aaron's point of view too on um the bitterness factor because yeah i think i think you can just feel so betrayed by caesar that they would just to get back at him even more like they because they wouldn't want to be led by caesar now so, no well yeah, and, and Koba even says that in dawn 
like Caesar says to Koba in Dawn, this was never about you leading the apes or caring about the apes. This is about you caring about Koba. Like, this is all about you. And so if it was all about him, then the fact that Caesar took him out, I think, would be a big deal. Yeah. I get. Yeah, because the humans want to take out Caesar, so that makes sense. Yeah. 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 The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Um, the thing that we were talking about during uh, the sh- uh, podcast proper that we said we would expand on is the fact that I was not a fan of resolutions for specific story arcs in yeah, this movie. Yeah, let's get into that. So I really understand why they're moving forward with the evolution of the virus and making people more primitive. Because if you look at the Charlton Heston movies... right. They're primitive people, and this just leads credence to how humans became primitive. It wasn't because, you know, we were just not learning anymore. It's because this virus made humans primitive. I like that, but I wasn't a fan of Bad Gorilla's story arc ending, and I wasn't a fan of the resolution for Woody Harrelson. All right, bad. Who do you mean, bad gorilla? Who was uh, the main the donkey? Like torture, the one is like torturing uh, Caesar the whole time, beating him. Beating okay, him. Yeah, okay. who was a he was yeah. like a, one of Koba's like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like how he turned all of a sudden. Like, oh, the thing that they've been doing this entire movie, I now suddenly have issues with. You know what's interesting? My wife said the exact opposite thing. She really? said she couldn't believe it took him that long to turn. Really? Yeah she she said she couldn't. She had a problem with the fact that he didn't turn sooner, and yeah. I, I I I felt like it was. I felt like the movie did a good job taking the time to get him to the place he needed to be to finally, you know, side that way. But I don't get what. Okay, so at, here's here's my problem with it. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, they're slaughtering apes, and he's there helping them slaughter. Apes. Yes. At the end of the movie, they're slaughtering apes. Why all of a sudden? Is there that switch? Because I think what we're shown in that moment is the person that is, you know, in charge of him uh, is treating him awfully, you know, like, and I think he just comes to a point where he's like, oh, wait, they don't, you know, they don't care about me. They don't care about us. Uh, There's nothing. Whereas here's somebody in Caesar who is giving his life to save his people, you know, to save them and what's going. He's just seeing something in Caesar that he's not seeing in this man. And yep. so I think in that moment, he, you know, he makes the decision, I'd rather honor this than, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. So. Um, that was my main issue with the movie. And I also talked about how I thought that they could have toned Bad Ape down a little bit. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, they overused his humor. Now you, okay, you said the part that made me you laugh out loud was whenever he was coming up through the hole and he's just staring around. Is that so what? it actually was the part where, before that, where the orangutan's telling him to get on his he's back. Like, no. and he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And, then, and then the orangutan, like, does an APL at him. Yeah, he's like, and, he, and he, like, opens his mouth like he's just so, like, yeah. it just killed me. And it was like, he's like, okay. And yeah. then he did it. I just thought I, that was really funny. See, um, I like I like the humor in it because I thought it, I thought it provided a little bit more life to it instead of just being gloomy and dark mm-hmm. the whole time. So my 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 only real gripe. Oh wait, wait, you wanted to touch on? No, no, you go ahead. More you go on, ahead. On, on the Woody Harrelson uh, not having resolution. Is there more you wanted to elaborate there? Uh just a little bit. Like you know, I I think that was a cop out. So let's talk about it a little bit because we go to the final meeting between Caesar and Woody Harrelson. He's going to go get his vengeance. He's decided that uh, he knows that it's it's probably not like um, 
he's not totally at peace with it, but he knows that's the decision he's made. He gets in there, and Woody Harrelson has been infected by the the mutation doll. of the virus. Yeah, so oh, the doll. Yeah, yeah. So the doll had the virus on it. Woody Harrelson now can't speak, and uh, so you know he goes in there, decides not to kill him, even though it would have been easy. And Woody Harrelson ends up killing himself. So go ahead and and what was the so, issue? Here's my issue. From what I see with the girl, the little girl who's in this movie, she has this illness, right? Mm-hmm. What's so bad? That you have to kill yourself and kill people around you. It, she didn't seem that less intelligent to me. I mean, the only thing was that she was a mute now. I think it's more than that. I, I think didn't it's, see it from okay, her, though. Right. Yeah, but you can if you think of it in this way. There are apes uh, in that do sign language. Like, that's, you know, they, they are able to communicate with humans on a very simple level, like this little girl was. But it's more than that she's just mute. It's that her entire uh, thinking is degraded. So she's not she's not self-aware in the same way. She's not, you know, um, humans after that virus hits them. What I'm understanding is they become like apes primitive. You know, they become the same way that they have a level of intelligence, but not a level of self-awareness or, you know, those kind of things. That's what they said, but I didn't see any clear examples of that. Mm. From the little girl, I didn't see anything that I wouldn't see from a little girl who was mute. The decisions she made, her mannerisms, it all seemed to make sense to me. Yeah, I didn't see her as a primitive child. I saw her as a kid. Well, I think it had more to do, too, with the emotional state Woody Harrelson's character, the colonel, was in as well, though. Because his whole goal was trying to prevent, like, he, he was aware of the virus spreading, and he was killing off people who might infect or, or whatnot. And and then by the time he gets inflicted with the virus, uh, you know, his, his army base is being attacked. He can't lead now because he can't even speak. And I, I think he was just really falling apart. He, he drinks. It, it was. I think it showed. Uh, I, I think it had a lot more to. I think what was going on with him at the end was more than just him kind of going berserk over the virus. I think it, because he actually got affected with the thing he was going after. Uh, I think that was just destroying him. And then he was reminded of the traumas when they were showing photos that he was looking at. Uh, it, it was, I think it was much more than just the virus. I'm pretty sure it was the traumatic state he was in too. And I think that's why Caesar was feeling compassion for him in that scene. Uh, why he chose not to just kill him himself. Because, yeah. And the movie, yeah. the movie has an interesting thing to say about compassion and forgiveness in that, you know, Caesar, Caesar dies because of his forgiveness. Yeah. You know, one of the people yeah. that he lets go does end up killing him. I did think the foreshadowing on that was a little obvious. When uh, Woody Harrelson was like, hope that doesn't come back to bite you later or something like that. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. Uh, I had a feeling that that Caesar would die in this one. Yeah. But I didn't see that particular foreshadowing. I I thought it was going to be Woody Harrelson and uh, Caesar killing each other. I thought that they would kill each other over their ideals. Mm. I didn't. And maybe that's why I preferred, maybe would have preferred that ending as to the one we got for the resolution with. Uh, Caesar, and especially with Woody Harrelson's character, the Colonel. Yeah, but uh, I love the I love the ultimate resolution with. I really do love a lot of the the Moses metaphor with him. I, the idea the that promised land, the promised maybe. land, and that he dies before he gets to enjoy the promised land was same with Moses. Uh, you know, just a lot of that interesting stuff that that stood out to me with with that character and kind of what they were doing. Anything else you guys want to chat about? 
my my one pet peeve of the film. I don't think anyone really complains about it as much as I do. It's it's when um, in the finale when uh, after Woody Harrelson dies and then Caesar explodes that um, tank or something, um, and then the other group of army people show up and they they all show up and they all turn to and like some of them start turning to see Caesar. And it made sense that there would be an avalanche there, and the movie has already been going on for quite some time, and we sort of need to wrap this up. But it seemed a little bit convenient for the ape characters that this avalanche would just suddenly come in and wipe out the rest of these humans. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is like, a little... I understood it because I'm like, the movie needs to wrap up. It's been going on for quite some time. We can't have a whole other installment here or another hour dedicated to this new army. But it did feel like, oh, this is very convenient. Of course, the apes can survive this. They can just go up to the trees. <laughs> but the, 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 no, that's a fair point. The rest of these humans. No, I think that's a fair point for sure. How did you guys but, feel about um, about Caesar's ability to speak in this movie? How fluent he was and how that worked and how that works in comparison to the other movies? They have to show the transition. Right. They have to show it. And if they're going to do it with anybody, you have to do it with Caesar. He's been exposed to it the longest, and I think that that's what they're trying to show, is that over a period of time, your intelligence is heightened. And I think because he was the first ever, that he should also be one of the first to speak. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the first movie, uh, as opposed to now, he's standing upright, and he's walking pretty normal, or Mm -hmm. human-like. So, I like that transition. Yeah. It worked for me. Did they ever explain how the bad ape, how bad ape was able to truly develop the ability to speak fluently and all that? Did, did they allude to something that I missed? I don't know that they fully went into it. My understanding was that there's something going on with the ape population, even beyond just the um, the specific uh, whatever the stuff in the first one was. The that, virus, you know, yeah. But it, <clears throat> but the virus was. Okay, maybe I'm totally wrong. I thought the virus was something that happened because of this treatment that he was developing for Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so that the virus was some way that that um, changed in the the one character who ended up dying in the first one and then it spread or whatever, that the virus was a change from that. So Caesar took canisters of that stuff, rolled it down the hall and, and you know exposed all these apes to that. And I think what they're saying is there's something in the virus itself now that creates intelligence in apes and not just the original material. And so wherever this virus goes, apes are learning. And these apes who are learning apart from Caesar's group aren't learning sign language because that was a Caesar thing. Caesar learned sign language first. They're just learning to speak because they're hearing it and they're listening to it. Yeah. I think that's how I understood it. Okay. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Um. So I guess... Real, we can just blaze through the premise of this whole thing. So Caesar and the apes, they've been living forever. Uh, they've been fighting the humans for a while now. Uh, Caesar's family gets killed by Woody Harrelson. And that's, yeah, that's a big, definitely a big turning point in the yeah. movie. I thought that was an incredible. That's the cave scene you were talking about. Incredible yeah. work. Oh, man. Yeah. I think it was the lighting, especially because, you know, it's pitch black until there's gunfire. And then you just see the the flashing sporadic lights and you see like the flash movements. And without that, I don't think we buy Caesar's journey. You know, that moment is what buys us into his revenge journey and understanding that, you know, huge conflict. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he keeps losing people he loves. Mm -hmm. He, 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 in the first one he has the, 
because the human characters that, that love him, but when he gets more exposed, he starts being viewed as dangerous and he loses the, the humans. And then in this one, he loses his family. And that uh, so it made sense why he goes on this journey, stops becoming the leader for the apes, but then there's consequences to those selfish revenge mm-hmm. feelings that, that I really appreciate about the film. But yeah, that was a very powerful. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't. I, I did not know they would kill them off like that. Yeah, I also found it interesting. Uh, talk about the title a little bit: War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, you know, you look at that and you think, okay, it's going to be monkeys battling humans for ownership of this planet. And really what it is, is it's already the planet of the apes. It's already their planet. It's just humans death throws fighting each other. So the war for the planet of the apes, uh, is like humans war against each other for this planet that isn't theirs anymore anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, you know, when I started to think about the title in that way. Another th- mm. and one of the scenes that really just keeps popping in my head is what I keep calling the Papillon scene. You know, it's the uh, the defiance of not wanting to work unless my people get food or water. Mm-hmm. And then Woody Harrelson putting the gun to his head and him just like bulldogging him the whole time. That scene in particular is like the scene that I can take away saying like the best part of the entire movie. Because it's definitely, it's not a war movie, it's a POW movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, certainly through that I think that Greg section. said that in the podcast proper. But yeah. Totally yeah, you're right. stealing my words, you're stealing my words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really love... It. Because, you know, we, well, like I brought up earlier, when you see the trailer, you're thinking it's Apes versus Humans movie. And when the movie started off, I thought that's what the whole movie was going to be. Just, oh, a bunch of battle sequences and apes versus humans. But it, it doesn't turn into that. But I still really love that opening scene with uh, with the, when the humans are uh, mm-hmm. c- closing in on the, on the ape territory. And it, it feels like a real, like they gave us the scene that we all sort of wanted, like right off the bat with an actual battle and mm-hmm. uh, that that was greatly shot wildly intense and it was done in a way where you're like yeah this is how apes versus humans would probably go down in a battle yeah that was great it, stuff. It was shot like a war movie i really love that yeah yeah incredible stuff i don't know that there's anything else specifically that i need to to get into unless you guys have other things that you know you wanted to bring out that we couldn't bring out during the podcast i'm fine the what the one scene i cried at was when um, the the ape died saving Caesar and the little girl started crying. Oh man! Yeah, that that actually brought me to tears when when she started crying. That and, was emotional. It's uh, because she's, she's like the only good human in that whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and that that did. At first, I thought she was going to be some type of X twenty three character when she came on introduction. <laughs> Like, and, but then she doesn't become that. In a way, that that scene did did really move me. I really felt for her in that in that moment. I thought she was going to be the cure. Mm. I thought she was going to be mm. infected with a specific part uh, part of the virus. Yet she developed an immunity to it, and that Woody Harrelson was going to try and get her from Caesar. Hmm. And you know, like I can cure us all if I just get the girl, but uh. He would have to kill the girl in order to do it, and then Caesar would try and save her. But yep, the movie definitely did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah, is there is there plans for more? I'm sure there are in some way. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you can do this without Andy Serkis. Yeah, I I I can tell you this: Hollywood will always make more of something that makes them money. So yeah. if you know these movies continue to make money, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to do another another prequel or expanded universe or something i always vote for expanded universe i i love the idea of going telling a different side of the same story from you know a different character a different perspective 
Um, I was just saying with uh, this was actually I think my big this is my big moment for my Despicable Me three review. Despicable Me should <laughs> Despicable Me should have been an expanded universe. Every Despicable Me film should have been a different villain finding redemption. Uh, and just tell different stories from this universe because they are the, they are the exact same movie after you know and I just get tired of that stuff. I'm like you know you're funny people. You've got funny writers writing these movies, but they just don't mean anything to me. You know. Yeah. So how mu- how much better would Despicable Me three have been if it was uh, you know Trey Parker's villain and just his story? You know, and you didn't have to worry about cramming all those other characters in there. And I don't know. So. Yeah. I'll let you take that one because I've never been a fan of the minions, and they just try. Well, that's to what I'm saying. That, that's they what just saying. shove that down your throat. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't even have to have the minions in the other movies. It's true. Know? Yeah, they'd have their own henchmen, different kinds of henchmen. So, what about a Toy Story expanded universe? Toy Story, yeah, I'm fine with that. Just a Russian doll movie. That's all you need. <laughs> the Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. Every time you think the movie's one thing, it opens up, and there's another. Every single sequel <laughs> is a smaller doll. Yep. There you go. Uh, thank you for joining us for the Sif Spoil. Um, we're going to be back with spoilers on Dunkirk next week. Excited for that. Uh, and Greg, once again, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you hanging out, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Andrew, you got anything left else to say before we finish out? Uh, love you guys. You real MVPs. Aww, the love. So much love. Less than a month away before the Dark Tower. <laughs> Before Andrew yeah. is either destroyed or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, oh, man. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried about I'm worried about that movie. Me too. <laughs> Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.